Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole podcast. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hammy End. And like any sort of beleaguered Premier League manager, I've taken steps now to strengthen our squad ahead of the reopening of the transfer window. So I'm delighted that alongside my long-suffering sparring partner, Alan Drew, it's two new signings jumping at the bit to have a go on the Green Pole podcast. There's no sort of acclimatisation period for new arrivals on this podcast. We just throw them straight in. So good evening to the Athletics' Peter Rutzler. Peter, how are you? I'm really good, Dan. Thank you for having me on. I see you've gone very early with the January transfer window. I might have to uh, raise a few issues there with the uh, relevant authorities. for. Uh, Absolutely uh, fine. I tap people up for a living. I'm happy to admit to it. Uh, easy. I know, that, uh, I, I know that you've appeared on other podcasts, but it's a little bit different at the Green Pole. We're a little bit loud, boisterous and feisty. So just fair warning. Uh, thanks for coming on, Peter. Great to have you. And we're also joined by BBC Sports, Sam Bryant. Sam, how are you? Hello. Yes, uh, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. It's been a good, um, it's been a good day uh, away from the football in my my day to day role in cricket. So, um, yeah, I'm very well. Looking forward to this. It's been a very good day in the in the cricket. We're going early on this, but uh, uh, at least three of us love our cricket. Um, although I'm the only Middlesex supporter of the three of us, so I'll be quiet now. Um, but uh, yes, England absolutely pummeled India in Adelaide and Sam was closely covering that for, uh, for, for the BBC. And so we're all delighted that England are in a final uh, on, on Sunday. Um, but what I wanted to do was introduce our two new uh, guests. Um, so Sam, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us a bit about how you became a Fulham fan and maybe a little bit about how you went into journalism, if you don't mind? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I didn't have an awful lot of choice in the matter when it comes to supporting Fulham. Um, my granddad was born on Lily Road a long time ago. Um, he was a Fulham fan, therefore my dad was a Fulham fan, therefore I'm a Fulham fan. Um, season ticket since I was four, and uh, it's pretty much been been the same ever since then so that's how I became a Fulham fan as I say not a lot of choice in the matter but something I'm very thankful for are you really is it not a pre- preparation for heartbreak well, you know it, it, when my well when my granddad left his his house uh as a kid he sort of had a choice which way he turns um I got you don't swear on the podcast to, yeah <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad he made the decision he did we'll say that so Top yeah. man. He's a top man, your granddad. What was his what was his name? Dell. Oh, excellent. Well, Dell is yeah. a top man and he, he made the indeed. right choice. And he still didn't he? still still goes. He um he's based down in Worthing now, uh eighty seven, but still got his season ticket, still comes every week. I sit with him and my dad, so it's uh yeah. It's very nice. First class, mate. And it's uh, only prob- uh, only only problem is that we sit near Alan, so <laughs> <laughs> you can't have everything, can you? Bloody hell! Oh, Cheers, dear. Sam. Thanks. For that. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you work for the BBC as we as we as we spoke about. How did you get into? Did you always want to be a journalist? Is that something you always wanted to do? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty 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 much. I know fairly early on. I mean, I've always been into sport and uh, always sort of quite liked writing. So um, yeah, I, I knew sort of pretty early on. So I mean, I I volunteered while I was at um, college at uh, non-league clubs and stuff like that and on on papers that I could write on um, 
I did a degree in sports journalism straight out of straight out of uh, college and then um got quite lucky really in the uh, year after year after graduating I applied for a job uh on the social media team at BBC Sport up in Salford uh got that and I've have been there ever since so I wouldn't I wouldn't really describe myself as a journalist anymore I I rarely write much over over 280 characters but um it's it's good fun nonetheless yeah yeah, but you generate the clicks, son. So fair play to you. That's what journalism's all about these days. Um, so great to have you on, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about thank Fulham you in, in just a second. Thanks for for joining us, Peter. I can't ask you how you became a Fulham fan yet. I don't think, although we're <laughs> turning you slowly into a Fulham fan. Um, can you tell us how you became the Athletics Fulham correspondent for starters? Yeah, sure. Um... Well, I, I I joined the Athletic when it when it launched in the UK and was covering Bournemouth uh, in that first season, which was Eddie Howe's last and, and Bournemouth last in the Premier League before uh, they came back up from last year. Um, and I was basically told, I was told, told towards the end of the season in that very weird lockdown afflicted season that um, I would be covering whoever came up and um, via the playoffs because we had a handful of writers who, who covered teams in the Championship. And... Um, it was a quite a, a a varied choice. It was either South Wales or West London. So the semi-finals went pretty well. I'm, I'm from Hounslow originally, so um, yeah, I was quite quite pleased that it ended up being Brentford or Fulham. But it was literally a case of uh, whoever won the playoff final. It's one of the uh, most uh, surreal sort of experiences of my life, really. I suppose when you're watching two teams, knowing whoever wins is uh, going to be uh, going to be your home. I suppose your your day to day. Your your uh, all-encompassing reality and uh, yeah so I owe a lot to to Joe Bryan and that wonder of a left foot for uh, landing me at Craven Cottage which I, I've been very pleased about and uh, yeah I'm enjoying it. We all owe, owe an awful lot to Joe Bryan what a man he is um, and what a night that was and you're enjoying it, which is which is great. Can you tell us a little bit about what you for those people who aren't athletic subscribers? And we'll talk about how they can subscribe to the athletic. Can you tell us a bit about what 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 you do as the athletics Fulham correspondent? What it involves? Yeah, I mean, in short, I write about Fulham. Um, the aim is to write about them at least three times a week, <laughs> which has been a bit tricky of late because of my, my own uh, medical issues. Uh, but uh, no, I, yeah, so I, I, I cover the team home and away, uh, go to the 21s, the 18s when I can, uh, the women's team, um, and try and basically tell as many Fulham stories as, as possible, keeping people up to date um, within our network of really good writers, um, covering Premier League teams and a few others elsewhere in, in Europe and, and, and the Championship, as I said. So, um yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the encapsulating it without going into too much detail. The aim for us is is always to to try and provide a bit more insight, a bit more long read, whether that's, you know, backstories of players to um, the, the intricacies of tactical setups in games, to trying to find different ways of, of telling the stories around the team. And um, on a beat like Fulham, it's not the busiest beat, despite being in, in London. Um so um, yeah, it's been it's been easy to sort of adapt to that, and uh, yeah, hopefully I keep people informed as much as possible, and with, with the uh, presses or, or games or whatever, and uh, yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's going well, I think. <laughs> I hope. 
It's going very well, mate. We, we're very grateful to have a, uh, a dedicated Fulham reporter because local presses have, Sam touched on writing for the local press, but the local press has virtually died in terms of local news and sports coverage like we all grew up with. So it's great to have someone who's dedicated to, to Fulham, especially when the quality is of such a high standard. So, um, yeah, keep up, the, keep up the good work. Right. I'd like to move on to a burning topic that was suggested by one of our readers. And it, it literally, it flew into my inbox this afternoon. It just says, justice for Harrison Reed question mark. And this is following the uh, baffling news that Gareth Southgate has decided not to select a Fulham player in his 26-man squad for the forthcoming World Cup, which, as Alan and I have suggested before, means that it won't be coming home. Um, because it only comes home when there's a Fulham player in the squad. That aside, and I'll start with you, Peter, you know, just how disappointed should Harrison Reed feel? Um, and would he have been anywhere close? I feel like he should have been close. I, I, I know that the reaction, I think, outside of the, the Fulham bubble, so to speak, is probably a bit more confused, but that's probably down to the fact that, you know, there isn't that really that much awareness of what's going on with Fulham. I mean, it seems like they're always a sort of a, uh, an afterthought at times, and I, I, where I think Harrison Reed can be, I, I don't think he'd be disappointed because I think he would have been realistic about whether he'd get into the team or not. And and I think the fact that this has come so early in the season has you know probably not helped him. But when you look at what Gareth Southgate wants to do, um, he evidently wants a defensive midfielder in the England squad. Um, the options haven't exactly been, um brilliant really I mean De- there's Declan Rice who'd, who'd definitely call an out and out defensive midfielder Calvin Phillips of course who's barely kicked the ball um and then it's a, that's about it really I mean you you could you could make the case for Jordan Henderson to play in that kind of role you could make a case maybe for James Wall Prowse but I don't think you can really compare any of those to what Harrison Reed provides um in terms of his off the ball work his tenacity I mean, there's, there isn't really anyone like that, certainly not playing at the the level that Harrison Reed is. And we've all seen how his game has evolved, you know, under Marco Silva now with getting forward, playing more as an eight, you know, popping up in those wide areas, linking up really well with the winger and the forward and even scoring goals, which has been, you know, unheard of. Uh, we're really talking about new levels there. Um, so I think in that context, you, you'd probably, you could make a case from being in the conversation and, you know, I think I think where there'd be disappointment is, is that he wasn't really ever in the conversation by the sounds of it. Um and that that that's a shame. I don't I think, you know, based on the timing of this tournament, you know, the fact that he's not been in the England setup before, you know, Southgate's always gonna likely privilege those who've been in the setup, knows how he wants to play. Um and you know, that that's gonna count against him. But you know, if it's say that this tournament came at the end of the season, as opposed to a couple of months into it, you know, I feel like Reed would have certainly made a case by then because we've seen the way he started the season. We've seen how Fulham have started the season so strongly. It would become harder to ignore him as, as part of the conversation. So um, I don't think he'd be too disappointed, but you know, I certainly I certainly think there's a case um, and it's a case that hasn't really been talked about. No, and that's a disappointing thing. Sam, are we over-egging it a little bit? Could he have, you know, is, it, is, it, is he worth an international call-up at some point, even if it's not for this tournament? Uh, I, I would I would have been surprised if he was in this, this squad. Certainly, like I think anyone, even inside the Fulham bubble, if we did see his name there, it would have been a bit of a shock. That's not to say that uh, it would have been the wrong decision. 
Um, I think Peter makes a good point that if this was a summer World Cup, as as is normal, then with a full season in the Premier League, and if he carries on the way he has been playing so far this season, then he certainly would be um, more in the perhaps the wider conversation um, from people outside of Fulham. Um, but if you're, if you're asking about you know potential call ups to you know the squad for the games in March and then um, in June next year, then I certainly think he he um, he should be being talked about because as you know as we say the way that Southgate quite often likes to play, especially in the, the major tournament games, he does like to play two sort of holding midfielders. Phillips we know has had his injury uh, issues. Jordan Henderson, you know, he's not going to be around the England squads for a lot longer. So I think as well, you know, I think I heard Southgate saying in his in his um, various interviews today that we lack ball-playing English number sixes. So if he thinks that, then I would suggest he probably needs to get down and watch Harrison Reed play. So um, I, I would have been surprised if he was in this, in this squad, but... Um, I certainly don't think he's far off being uh, being in the conversation for for England. Yeah, I'd concur. Alan, just broadening it out a touch, we've got uh, plenty of Fulham representation at, at, at this World Cup. So uh, Harrison hasn't made it, but uh, Dan James and Harry Wilson are in for Wales, and Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson are in for the United States, and Jael Palhina has been selected for Portugal with the potential for, for more to come, we assume. Mitro will go with with Serbia when Serbia formalised their their squad announcement. Um, it seems like uh, a strong Fulham contingent is going to Qatar, and that can only be good for for sort of Fulham's wider exposure, can't it? Well, ask me that question on Boxing Day. Uh, yeah, quite. How, how, many, <laughs> how many injuries we pick up? But I think every every man that's going to the World Cup probably deserve their place in in their respective lineups. Um, I think a lot of the players will get to see anyway the fact that England are playing the USA and Wales. So, you know, we'll get to see them firsthand. And I'm worried for Harry Kane, to be honest. I'm just hoping Tim Ream can give me an easy 90 minutes. But I think the way Tim Ream's playing this season, it could be a, a tough 90 minutes against the US. But, no, it's great for, great for the squad. I feel quite sorry for Harrison Reid. Um, but I think the sort of player he is, he seems to perform better in a high-pressing squad high-pressing tactic, and I don't think England performed that way. Um, against the bigger teams, we all like to sit off and, and sort of wait for mistakes to happen rather than making mistakes happen. Um, but no, I think for Germany, Euro 24, I think if Reid carries on the way he's going, there is a, a good chance we may see him in that squad. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. All I would say is when it comes to England, USA, at least Rob Green's not going to be in goal this time. <laughs> um, so, so we're set. We're, we're saved that particular embarrassment. But I'm sure England will come up with a way of uh, of uh, challenging us as, as they always do in all, all sports. And I, I would just reflect on how brilliant it is that Tim Ream Peter is is in that um, American squad because he thoroughly deserves it. And it was looking unlikely um, at one point, wasn't it? was almost inexplicably I suppose I mean especially for us having watched him progress really sort of reignite his his uh what's his career but to, to really kick on again under Marco Silva one of those many players that have 
reached another level. But it's just, you know he's been consistent, hasn't he? Played every game, was involved in every game in the championship. I think he started every game this year in the Premier League as well, hasn't he? The mainstay in the team. And I think when when they had those international call ups in September, and 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 Tim was not a part of the the US squad. You know, I think a lot of us, I certainly was, were sort of scratching your head a little bit, thinking, well, what else? does he need to do um you know he's playing in a team that's thriving in the premier league against some of the best forwards in the world um and it's not enough for the us but you know greg bearholt has seen sense you know he's he's come out and said it you know you only have to watch fulham to see how well he's doing um and i'm pleased for him because you know this is it will essentially be his last world cup opportunity and um he's going to get to go he's obviously got that relationship with with anthony robinson um I mean, he's playing England and Wales. I mean, it's a no, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. So, um, but yeah, delighted for him because he's just kept his head down. He's just kept working. You know, everyone speaks pos- positively about him, and we know what kind of ambassador ambassador he is for for Fulham. And um, you know, it's 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 fair reward for for hard work. You know, I remember speaking to him earlier in the season and just trying to bring the topic up you know, and see if he'll say something about it. But he's always been the same. You know, just focusing on his game and without ruling it out always wanting having that in the back of his mind and you, you kind of knew you knew it mattered to him a great deal you know the fact that you know it, that he could try and force his way back into the team after what is i think it's a year a year without a call-up so um no delighted for him and um yeah fair award yeah it's nice to see good people do well always um especially in professional sport right let's move it on because on sunday we face Mancunian in opposition for the second time in a week this time it's manchester united after the pain of um, Manchester City. How are we feeling, Sam, about um, taking on Manchester United on on, on Sunday? Uh, I always thought this was probably the more winnable of those two two games. Although we gave it a good go last week, didn't we? Yeah, so like certainly you'd say that you know, if you looked at this a week ago, you'd you'd say that Manchester United at home is a more winnable game than Manchester City away. Um, slightly tempered by the absentees that we'll have. We've just been speaking about him. Reed is, is suspended and I think and, and Tete as well. Um, and the talk, I think it's a fair bit of talk. Obviously, we don't know what Mitrovic's situation will be. So that, you know, that I would say that if we're looking like right back, Harrison Reed in the middle and Mitrovic, probably the three positions we have the least sort of squad depth um you know you, you can't like it's quite hard to think of a replacement who's going to play in the same way that Harrison Reed plays obviously we know how good Mitrovic is um and then Tete who I thought was brilliant at Manchester City then misses out and, and uh, Bobby Reed has obviously been been very good there but he's not a natural right back um so uh, that's quite pessimistic of me isn't it but that has sort of tempered my excitement somewhat um but you you know you every single game this season more or less we've we've gone out and we've put out a good performance an organised performance performance with uh, attacking intent so you know you can't write you know you can't write any game off if you're going to write a single game off this season you would probably say that would have been Manchester City away and we took them to ninety fifth minute or whatever it was so um, certainly not uh you know you 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 can't write it off and there will be excitement. Come, come that first whistle, I'm sure. So, yeah, no, I think it's a fair overview. I, I don't know about anyone else. I'm still in therapy after uh, after the Etihad, and I had to watch it from the home end. 
uh, reasons we won't go into because it would take up a whole other podcast. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't much better from the away end, to be honest. <laughs> mate, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to say because otherwise we we will open up a whole can of worms. But the title of our previous podcast, brilliantly put together by Alan, was Kevin De Ballet, and I think that rather sums it all up. Um, Peter, what do we make of Manchester United this season? Can we can can Fulham hurt them? Um, do we know what type of Manchester United we're going to be facing and, and taking on some of Sam's points there? Quite a few absentees, potentially. Bit of a mix and match for Marco um, come Sunday. Yeah, um, I've got United on over my shoulder at the moment in the League Cup and uh, safe to say they've been pretty underwhelming. I think they've been pretty hot and cold, haven't they? Um, I mean, they seem to have found some stability. They seem to have found a decent run of form recently. Um, and then, then they lost to Villa, you know, quite, quite embarrassingly in a way. They were blown away, of course. The the new manager bounced there with, with Unai Emery taking over. Um, but you're never quite sure what you're going to get with them. Um, they missed Bruno Fernandez last week in their game against Villa, um, and it just depends, really, doesn't it? it? It depends how they come into the game. They, they've lost Diogo Dallo for that game. He's suspended, so he'll be a big miss. Um, but I think, I think Sam, Sam put it pretty well um, in terms of the positions Fulham could potentially be, be lacking in it in terms of fullback uh, and central midfielder. It's going to be a different shape to the midfield, isn't it? A different different setup without Harrison Reed. You know, to disrupt question mark, and the last time that happened, it didn't end so well, um, particularly for, for Nathaniel Chalaber. Um, so. Um, I don't know. I think the, the big the big thing hanging over the game, of course, is the fact that the World Cup's coming up. You know, there are players on both sides who will have their will have one eye on that game, and I think that really does change the dynamic of it. Not not in terms of questioning anyone's professionalism or anything like that, but it's inevitable, isn't it? It's inevitable when you have you know one of the the highest points of your career coming up. You know, a week away, um, you're going to probably think about it. It's going to affect how you play a little bit, and I think whichever team can cope with that best you know if United have more commitments on the international front than Fulham do um then then maybe we'll, we'll see a result but you know we've seen we've seen Fulham against all of the top six this year that they've faced um uh, give all of them a really good go and especially at Craven Cottage so um I think whatever team that Silver eventually puts out um I'm sure they will they'll give United a tough task and this United team as much as they've been good, you know, they, they can be got at. We know that they're vulnerable. Um, they still haven't got over that sort of fragility within their, within their team. And I think that was evident at Villa. So if, if, if Fulham can play on that, can get into them early, as, as we've seen in previous games, then then it can go their way. But um, the encouraging thing is that we know that it'll be competitive and that, that's been really, really heartening for, for Fulham and, and their survival hopes this year. I'm so interested to see how players approach this weekend across across the board like in every Premier League game or or abroad as well because as you said you wouldn't expect anyone any professional not to try and give 100% obviously but it's not you know if there is that 50-50 challenge you you wouldn't be surprised if someone just at the last second just has that in the back of their mind like Sadio Mane got injured last weekend I think and he's now the doubt for the whole World Cup and Various players we've seen even in recent weeks get injured and and on the side of the pitch be clearly like emotional because they're thinking the World Cup is obviously very close. So with it just being a week away, like you say, it's such a strange and unusual situation. 
it will be interesting to see not just in our game but in all games how if that does have any impact it's a fascinating point that I mean all I would say Sam is I watched Darren Bent play for Fulham in the Premier League <laughs> and you know uh, less the better to be honest so I, I agree with you about people potentially being professional but we can't always guarantee it um, with, with some of these planks uh, like Darren for instance um, Al I'm going to move it on and take us to what kind of lineup you'd pick if you were Marco Silva you've done this before uh, can you give me what your what what your thinking is? It's difficult a few days out from the game, um, but, but how would you line up if if uh, if it was down to you, mate? Uh, the three changes which we have to make, uh, I think you'd probably bring in Vinicius for Mitro. Although I'd probably like to see James up top, other than Vinicius, just to give you something else, um, just to continue the high press. Uh, the pace as well. United like to play with a high line. So I think if we can uh, get get pace up top, then that's an area to exploit. And Harrison Reed coming out, then you either go Chalaba or Kearney. I'd personally like to see Kearney because he's more of a ball-playing midfielder. But then you lose that that bit of athleticism, which Chalaba doesn't necessarily have, but he seems to have a bit more bite in a tackle. So I'd probably see Chalaba come in. Um, and then it's just a straight shoot out right at right back, whether he goes for Mbabu, whether we trust him again, or he plays um, Bobby Reid. But they're the only three changes which I think he'll make. Um, and that's purely because he has to. I think if he has a full-strength squad, the three that are missing are in, um, and it's pretty straightforward. I think Diop carries carries on in the middle of defence with, with Tim Marine. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping we can get on the front foot early get in their faces and make it as difficult for them as possible because away from home, they've not been exciting. They've not really been winning games comfortably. It's always been by the odd goal. So if we can get get at them early and score an early goal, it will certainly become more interesting. And I think that's one of the best ways we can go about getting the three points on Sunday, which I do think we can get if we're on form. Mbappe is a really interesting one, isn't he? You know, we're just thinking of the, the Switzerland squad and the fact that he hasn't made it into the team. I suppose it's not a surprise because he has fallen out of favour at Fulham. We, we've seen Marcus Silva's comments and the fact he wants to get him to a certain level to, to play and Bobby Decker-Dover-Reed's come in and done really well at right back. Um, but you do wonder what's going through his head at the moment. Um, has been a part of the Swiss setup. Has been, was involved in qualifying. I think they named four goalkeepers as well in their squad. Um Hey, what? So, four yeah, goalkeepers? They, what are they going to do? Play four of them in goal or something? <laughs> well, it just, just rubs salt in the wind a little bit, I suppose. But <laughs> I think it's because Jan, Jan Sommer is, might have an injury doubt. I think that was it. Um, but but I, either way, I, I, you know, his situation has been been interesting. You know, he's come in, see a new signing, hasn't started particularly well. Um, and it's cost him, really. Um, and I'm sure that's not really something he'd, he'd hope for when he arrived at, at following the season. Um, but it's... It'll be interesting to see how he reacts. I think that's the key thing. World Cup break, maybe that will help him um, get up to the level that Silver wants him to be, if if he can do that. Yeah, it's so fascinating, isn't it? A sort of a general wonderment is whether Marco Silva discriminates against right backs because he was one, um, and therefore Kevin Mbappé is disadvantaged. Um, I, I don't know. All I would say about Mbappé, Sam, is he put in that peach of a cross for Mitrovic against Brentford. Uh, it's still one of my best moments of the season. So he can do it, right? 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I think so. Yeah, um, whenever I I was quite excited when we signed him, and I'd seen him play um, for Switzerland um, once against England and, and various other games I'd seen him in. I always sort of quite rated him. I thought he was he was good, and you know said so often, isn't it, when you come to um, a new league like he effectively has done um, after some you know fair bit of other football, then. Um, you know, it may struggle. And I'm, I think the game at Tottenham where Robinson got injured and he, it, there was the shuffle around, they really didn't help him. Um, and what's quite interesting is is that first sort of um, time where Bobby Reed was picked to, to play there uh, instead of him as cover for Tete. Um, Bobby Reed has done better, you know, I think it's fair to say he's done better than anyone would have expected from him in that in that position and obviously he was suspended for the City game and Tete comes back in anyway uh, and now we're in that reverse sort of situation of that so um, I think if if we're sort of sit, uh, sitting here now and, and trying to predict the team I think we you would put Bobby Reed at right back over Mbappe which is quite a crazy thought even a month or two ago um, but you're right that you know that ball for Mitrovic is Header against Brentford, he, he clearly has has it in his locker. Uh, I still do think it's potential to have been a good signing, um, but you don't, you know, you don't get many chances. So it may be that, and as we've seen with him, his not being included in the Switzerland squad, that um, those couple of of weaker games have have ended up costing him quite a quite a big prize. So. Um, but no, I, I don't. I, you're certainly not at the point where you 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 write him off. I don't think. Uh, I think we've got hope. Well, two good right backs at the club, so hopefully he can start showing what he's about. Yeah, it's good to have that that squad depth. I, I, I'm in the sort of Kearney Chalabar sort of dilemma. I, I, I'd play Kearney. Um, I just... think I would play Kearney. It would sort of change how we play a bit, I suppose, in that we don't have that sort of dynamism I suppose that Harrison Reed offers we've seen when Kearney's come on in in a lot of games he's either dropped deep and really like dictated the play um it's I suppose the question mark is whether he can do that from the start but I mean we all know Kearney's a class footballer so um I think I would side with with Kearney um but that does then change how we how we play um and I think he may even play Kearney in a slightly deeper role than, than Reed plays. Um, and then obviously you then have, suppose you have more pressure on Pereira and whoever plays up front on the wingers um, to give us that outlet. So, yeah, I, I, I think I would go with Kearney. Just because Kearney will keep the ball better and we're going to need to keep the ball and use it effectively against Manchester United at home. And that's the key to, to winning the game for me. But, you know, I'm just an amateur at these things. Marco's the man, as he's, as he's shown. Right, lads, I need to move it on to some score predictions. I'm going to put you all on the spot. Alan, I'm starting with you. You're normally positive. Give me some positivity. What's the score going to be? Uh, we're going to win 2-1. Excellent. Peter, are you allowed to predict scores in your role as athletic Fulham correspondent? Can you, can you, <laughs> can you venture a guess for me? Well, we're about to find out because I'm going to do one and then uh, we'll see what the feedback is. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't like doing predictions because uh, they always come back to bite me, but I, I'm going for two all, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. So at least you'll have plenty to write about. Yeah. Yes, that, well, that's, that's the hope. Sam, what are you saying, mate? 
can we get can we get a result? Oh, I'm gonna sit on the fence as well. I think one one. Oh, I think we're gonna one, nick one. it. Oh, I think we're gonna get a one nil. It's sort of you know somewhere along the line something's gonna happen, and then that means a clean sheet. It does, and I'm being positive, Alan. Don't mock it. You should try it sometime. Um, right. What we need to do is say thank you to Peter Rutzler from The Athletic. Peter, just tell everyone where they can follow you if they're so inclined. You're on Twitter, aren't you, my friend? I am, I am. If you haven't been scared off by, by Elon Musk, I'm uh, at Peter Rutzler um, <laughs> on Twitter. And then you can find my work at theathletic.com. Um, there's a whole Fulham section, so uh, get stuck in. Yeah, and you can still look at a couple of those before you try, before you buy a little bit. And uh, it's well worth a subscription, I would say. Still relatively reasonable. Um, Sam, are you on the? Are you on the socials? Are you allowed to give out your socials, or um, can we just follow you via BBC Sport? Is that the best way? Um, yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I spend most of my working day doing socials, so my actual personal accounts aren't particularly um, riveting or or exciting for anyone. So I wouldn't suggest following me on there. I don't, I don't post an awful lot. Um, at the moment yeah. BBC Cricket so if you like your cricket that's the place to go excellent there's lots of us who like our cricket and we all recognise Ben Folks as the best wicket keeper in the world don't we Sam without a doubt absolutely without a doubt absolutely he's also a Fulham fan what a man right thanks very much to Peter and Sam we'd love to have you back on um, at some point if, you, if you'd be willing to go through all this madness again uh, that'd be great uh, Alan, thanks so much for putting up with me for another half an hour. Really appreciate it, mate. Not a problem. He's lying. He's good at that. Um, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for all your support for the podcast. Just a reminder before we go, uh, Fulham's under-21s are in action in the Premier League Cup on Friday night. They're away. Um, so we'll see how they, they get on on Friday night. And Fulham's women are at... Groves Navale playing Watford in the Women's FA Cup. It kicks off at 1pm. You can go there and come back to Craven Cottage to watch the men. Uh, we do recommend that you follow uh, Fulham FC women. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in. And come on, you whites.